Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the TikTok podcast. This is episode 24 with your hosts, Jimmy and Brandon. This podcast is our way of making an impact on the Tourette syndrome community by generating awareness and fighting stigma. We hope you enjoy. 23 more than uh, than I was anticipating getting through. I think it's 24. So on today's, uh, on today's episode, we're going to share... While Brandon's looking up the actual episode number to fact check us, uh, we're going to share an email we received from a listener. And episode 24. Episode 24. Wonderful. And the listener has a unique situation. It's a parent who wrote in uh, about their child with Tourette syndrome. And I've went ahead and, and rewritten the email um, as to maintain anonymity anonymity um and try and keep it as least specific as possible uh so if it sounds general it's for a reason uh you want to get into it yeah let's do it all right so i will just i'll read us the first little bit so i found your podcast through a shared link in a Tourette syndrome support group i am a part of my young teenager was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome one year ago. Prior to the diagnosis, they have been diagnosed with ADHD, generalized anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorder, mood disorder, learning disabilities, and most recently, sensory challenges. My child is in denial. And they do not want to learn about Tourette syndrome and are embarrassed because they don't want to be teased. I encourage learning, talking, and education, but they aren't ready. They're depressed have very low self-confidence, but overcompensate with humor as a tool to feel accepted. The humor is often unappreciated as it is usually inappropriate. They have always been socially awkward. So that's a lot, just to start. Yeah. Tourette syndrome, ADHD, generalized anxiety, OCD, mood disorder, learning disability, and multiple sensory challenges. I'm not sure what sensory challenges means. But um, that's a pretty big diagnosis. Yeah. And so the Tourette's was a year ago. And um, that's, yeah, it's and, and I, what, a teenager. So that's a tough pill to swallow. Like I remember getting my diagnosis and, and I felt the same way. Like I was in denial and uh I didn't have those other issues going on though. Um, I guess pre-existing or, mm. or anything like that. OCD, right? Yeah. I didn't know about it though. Like it wasn't right. already diagnosed. So I right. never had to manage anything like that before. Right. Where, you know, this uh, person, it seems like they, they've been trying to manage other yeah. issues and <clears throat> it might, I don't know if this uh, Tourette's is something that has recently come about and like, you know, it started to uh, prevail or if it was always ha happening and mm -hmm. it just wasn't diagnosed yet. That's probably what happened. I'd yeah. imagine. Um, I mean, the ADHD pairs with Tourette's like, like bread on butter, usually same with anxiety and OCD. Like usually those things are all, same, you know, learning disability. Those are all par for the course, but I think like the mood disorder and the sensory challenges, I don't know if those are as common. Um, it's just, it's just, it's a lot well, for anybody anger, to go through. Anger is, isn't it? Anger is, yeah. Isn't it anger, anger issues? 
like maybe that's the mood disorders that yeah mood or like outbursts depression and, and anger or something like that but yeah you know like i'm thinking anxiety anxiety depression like it's gonna come with being a very different especially young teenager like young teenager you're already anxious and probably a little bit depressed at times and like yeah. it's just gonna yeah. we've talked about this before but it's just gonna exacerbate it um so right off the bat here the next paragraph she talks about their child being in denial um don't want to be teased uh she is encouraging learning and talking and education but they aren't ready they are depressed and have very low self-confidence um yeah so what kind of what what it sounds like is happening just reading this email is it sounds like the child is at an age where they just want to be normal they just want to be um you know accepted by their peers and the parent is kind of it sounds like this is happening the child's not being receptive to the parent and the parents continuing to like shove that down their throat like you know you need to be you need to embrace it like she maybe she's saying all the right things you need to own it you need to embrace it it's you you know it's you can still be a normal person all this and that but the, my, the way that the, what I'm thinking as I'm reading this, and I've read this email multiple times, and I've thought about it a lot. It sounds like she might need to take a step back from it, from that focus on building him up outside, building them up outside of Tourette syndrome and outside of all the other conditions and, you know, building confidence in, in another facet, maybe, maybe leaving that on the side of the table yeah. for now, because there's only so much, if the person already knows they need to own it, they already know all that kind of stuff, then you need to, you need to try a different route. You can't just keep using your hammer and expecting it to work. Right. Um, yeah. And I, and that's kind of like, if, you know, uh, you know, for example, uh, if I am doing something really annoying, a really annoying tick, um, instead of, you know, my, my fiance, like just telling me to stop it, that's not going to help anything. Like the only way that I can actually stop it is by doing something else to distract me from it. Right. Like we talked about like getting engaged in, in a hobby or, um, or something like that, you know, exercise eating, right. Like maybe the parent in this case could focus on those, uh, mitigating factors, like the 100% the activities that could like the move if i were to prescribe yeah. something just from this first little bit it's like focus on things outside of then then come back to it so build, build up the life outside of that and then come back to it so focus mm -hmm. on so there's going to be some immediate issues that they're going to have to address which we'll talk about later in the email um but you know what do they do for hobbies what do they do for recreational activity are they playing video games all the time they should probably stop if they are um, yeah. Are, you know, are they exercising? Are they eating well? Do they have a solid routine? Waking up at the same time and going to bed at the same time. Uh, do you guys eat the video dinner game together? Thing, <laughs> sorry, sorry to interrupt. The video game thing. She meant uh, the the parent mentioned in her email that um, he, he's socially awkward, and he's yeah. been socially, or the child has been child has been socially awkward. Yeah. Um, if they are playing video games that could be uh you know to to tell them no that they can't could could be actually worse because um that might be their only way to socialize with kids um a lot of people play online video games and talk and, and like maybe they, this person doesn't have friends outside of video games 
that could out maybe cause a different problem. It could, but I think that like I I, I just don't uh, I don't see the the positive benefit of of that because mm -hmm. if if that's the only way that you can be social, then that's the only thing that you're gonna do for social activities. Like you need you know, even if you're socially awkward, you still need to, you can't just exist in the mm -hmm. world of video games, especially when you're in your most fundamental years and you're learning how to be social. It's just going to exacerbate that yeah. down the line when you're 26. I, I, you do is play man, video I agree. I agree with you. Like it's, it's, it's going to be really, really, really hard. And it's also going to, it's going to make it worse. It's going to make it worse. Um, but it's, it is going to probably, if, if you know, this is going on a rant, but if they're addicted to video games or they play a lot of video games and that's their social outlet, all of those things, like the the anxiety and stuff like that, it's going to get worse at first uh, because they're not going to have an outlet or they're not going to be able to distract themselves. But um, yeah, I guess what I'm thinking is like, if this parent is going to approach uh, Tourette's a different way, it might not be good like to be like all of a sudden, you know, we're taking away your video games. Yeah, good point. You got to eat well because he's like, feel, feel like he's being punished for it. Good point. For, like the good Tourette's, point. right? Good point. Yeah. So maybe, maybe like, you know, slowly start to make, you know, maybe start with the more fun stuff. Yeah. Or like, you know, start with the things that you might not even notice, like the food or bed, you know, different bedtime routine, like yeah. just, just things that could slowly be eased in maybe like definitely like maybe know. no video games right before bed. Yeah. Or like, yeah. Set different limits um, yeah. and kind of, but don't say why, like, don't say yeah. it's because of your Tourette's it's, you yeah, know, make it make it about something else. Like just you know, we're gonna do some rule changes and like it's gonna be a tough. Or something like, yeah, you know. it's gonna be a. I'm reading this book and it says to do it, and you know I'm gonna do it too. And yeah, be a part of it with your with your child. But it's gonna be. Uh, you have to. There's a term that is used like in in the military. I'm sure you know what it, it's flank, and you have to flank the situation. So you have to basically come at it from a different angle that's unsuspecting, and. Uh, and it can't be like the a frontal assault on on the Tourette syndrome. It's clearly not. It's clearly not working. And as much as the parent might want the child to accept it and and deal with it and, and do what we preach, which is like owning it, um, the first step there's a step before owning it, and it's like if you're not even comfortable talking about it with your family or acknowledging that you have it there's a there's something that needs to happen before that and it's probably like gaining confidence in your own skin absent of mm -hmm. of Tourette syndrome yeah because um, it can definitely that you know not being able to accept it or talk about it can definitely um you know perpetuate the anger make everything worse like you know I remember I was angry about it uh, and then you can't stop it. And, and then if someone was telling me you got to deal with this Tourette stuff, like I would be pretty stressed yeah. out about it. Yeah. Like, it would be pretty upsetting. It was a pretty big part of my life, uh, when I first got diagnosed at 10 and then, um, it, it was definitely really difficult and, and my parents were involved, but over time it was less and less about my Tourette's. Uh, like mm -hmm. from say 10, 10 to 16, it was less and less about my Tourette's and it was more about like hockey and baseball and 
I think that helped. I think that, and how can I succeed in school? Yeah. It definitely, like, it took me from a zero to a, a 21 instead of a, a zero to 60 or zero to 80. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't an all-star and my, yeah. my, my young teenagehood wasn't great, but at least I accepted that I had it. And I, I told some people. Um, so I think for this individual getting like, clearly what you're doing is not working. So you need to change your plan. And that might involve taking a step back and focusing on building up a foundation outside of Tourette's first. Uh, and it's not that it's not that uh, it's the wrong way. Like sh she's not doing it the wrong way. We don't want to make it sound like it's not working because she's not good at it or something. It's just no, definitely not. Everybody, everybody's Every different. Every case is different. And for this, <laughs> especially being a teenager, like this kid uh, is obviously not going to like. You don't want to accept something like that. Um, he doesn't want to. He or she doesn't want to get teased, and that's going to be unfortunately. Um, it's going to be inevitable. It's inevitable, but I don't think as much as um, people think. Like I always thought I was going to be teased more than I actually was teased. Um, Seems like later in the email stuff. It might. I don't know. Like, I don't know the culture in high school right yeah. now. Neither do I. Neither do I. So but, we'll go, we'll I go on. Say, I did want to say uh, something else. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you you were a little glitchy there. Um, sorry. And so I wanted to say that uh, about talking about owning it and accepting it, it's not, it's not an easy thing to do. Um, even just to, uh, just to accept that it's not going away is, is a big step. Like, it's not like, let's take these steps to fix your Tourette syndrome. It's not like right. that. It's like, I think the approach has to be more from, like uh, it, it's really all about the accepting of it because there's no, it's not going away. So yeah. it, it's like you said, like it's about, it's about all of the other uh, aspects of life that just have to be improved because that's really the goal. Because if the goal is to fix the Tourette's, you know, in air quotes, like uh, it's not going to happen. It, it's not going to happen. That's a really good point. Yeah. It's not like 100%. It's not 100% not going to go away. Yeah, you have a 100% chance of having Tourette's in the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so how can I, how can, so, okay, you know that now? Now, how can we live life without, you know, uh, how can I be happy? How can I deal yeah, with this? So what are the things that I can do? Right? Yeah, what are the things that I can do to help manage my symptoms? Um, so let's yeah, get on to so, the next uh, part because I know that there's some interesting stuff here. There is, and, you know, you mentioned bullying. Um, and there seems like there's some, some of that going on. And this is something that this level of, uh, of kind of like harassment or, or towards it is something that would definitely benefit from the acceptance piece for sure and coming out and telling people about it. Um, but uh, yeah, no doubt it's, it's going to be tricky. So I'll, I'll read a couple of paragraphs here. They struggle with corpulalia. This has always been a huge struggle for them at a young age. So right there, that kind of says they've had it for longer than a year, but was always treated in the form of discipline, school, yeah. suspension, school suspensions, and shaming. As parents, my husband and I are still learning how to tell if they are ticking or being hurtful with their words. 99% of the time, we believe it is them ticking. So that's actually enough like this to talk about there. That's a tough one. And I think about that a lot. Like to tell if they're being hurtful with their words 
or are they just techie? Um, well, I think that, I, I mean, I don't know, but I hit my experience with people, you know, speaking with people with corporalia, it seems like their ticks are, um, like pretty repetitive or like, yeah. you know, it'll be like the same word and it's mm -hmm. kind of fits its way into the middle of their thoughts or like when they're you know, thinking like when you're thinking about, you know, retrieving words or whatever, yeah. it seems like if some, if someone's coming up to you and saying like, you POS, like, I, I'm going to knock you out for what you just did. Like, that's not a tick, right? If, if it's like, fuck you out of nowhere. And it's three times in a row, like mm. that might be a tick. Mm -hmm. Right. But if it's, but if it seems like, you know, if it's, I don't know. It, I, I, I'm sure there are that... definitely ways like what you're talking about. There are definitely ways of like narrowing it down. Okay. If it's repetitive, if it's something they usually say, or at least say frequently, mm -hmm. um, they almost have like a, they have an urgency to them. Usually like they don't mm -hmm. just, you don't just say like, Oh, fuck this. It's like, fuck like that. It's like a lot of ticks yeah, have yeah, a real yeah. sense of urgency behind them. Like almost like they're blurting out, um, from at least from the, a lot of the stuff that I've seen. I also think that that could be a discussion that you have with the, with your uh, child, right? Because they know if it is or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Open the floor up. Is right? this a tip? Like, so say, and, and it's like, uh, uh, and if it's not a short or whatever, however you deal with your child, if you're, are you, if you're, if you are a teenager experiencing that, like, and my mom asks, you know, or, oh, is that a tick or like, whatever, I'd be like, yeah, of course it's a tick. Yeah. Because yeah, you don't want to get in trouble for saying what yeah. you said. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you can, you could definitely, I think you could, or at least get, you know, uh, counsel counseling or something, like have a doctor yeah. talk with them and find out what the ticks are. It, this is a line, like, I talked about this with, um, with someone from Toronto, Ottawa recently. And it's like, it's a hard line because you don't want to make them, but you also do want to challenge them. You don't want to just let them get away with everything if it's not a tick. So it's like, but I think the only, like you have to observe them a lot. And if you observe them and you know them as well as they know their own ticks, like, I think you'll be able to tell as a parent. I like, you know, you, you can just like, you could tell, uh, you know why why they're you, you learn people's patterns and if you're paying enough attention i think uh you'll be able to to see what the ticks look like they'll have um they'll be consistent in like they'll be anxious and when they're anxious they do this or you know if they're upset I, um and, and I, I, yeah and i don't think that they're only in response to uh to something else like you know if this if this tick is only happening and he's saying you know you know giving you the finger and saying f off every time you tell him no to something like that's probably like yeah. not, him just being a uh teenager just using his yeah yeah just being a, yeah. a, a bad kid but like yeah. uh if he's saying it what you know just, just during a A normal conversation by himself like maybe then tick or something like that i don't know
but it is really hard. It's really hard to know. And it's hard to, how do you respond to that? As a parent, like you, you don't want to tell them, don't say that. Um, maybe that's something we could talk to Dr. Brazil about as a tick buster and find out how can you change the words that, that you're saying with corporalia. This is an, an interesting case. And I would love to talk to this person, um, um, one-on-one or two-on-one, like about more about the situation. So feel free, uh, if you're listening, write us back and, and we, maybe we can maybe set up a Zoom or something. Um, but, okay, so- yeah, well, We could try to just do a, you know, get them on a podcast as a guest, it'd be great. Yeah. Good. So our child is in grade nine and is currently at home because they are being threatened that multiple kids will beat them up or jump them. Yeah, okay, that's so this uh, part, let's just let's just talk to this this one sentence alone and uh yeah okay so i first i gotta know i would want to know how they're being threatened and who's threatening them uh but this sounds to me like it's a you know a school administrative issue like i think that this the principal or someone has to get in on this like yeah this is way outside of just bullying this is like you know, and right now, later on, we'll jump down to this. Uh, they're at home right now because mm -hmm. because they're being threatened. Uh, mm -hmm. Our child says the N-word. Last week at school, our child had a verbal alter altercation with another child. They were going back and forth with insults, and our child said the N-word. It was not racially motivated, and then brackets, the boy was white. Our child was suspended, as was the other. We had a meeting about the meaning of the N-word and impact of saying what it means. Our child acknowledges the impact and the meaning and is extremely sorry for saying it, but they cannot control it and they will say it again. So right there, there's a fundamental misunderstanding between the school administration, the other children, and your child. Because if your child has Tourette syndrome and they're saying the N-word, then the school should already no, and you're not punishing a child for their threats. Like, that's not how that works. You can't, that's like a kid with ADD looking and darting their eyes around and then you, you suspend them for doing it. It's not happening. That's not what we do and that's mm -hmm. not okay at all. So right away, that 100% needs to be dealt with. And it sounds like the school needs some education. So this schooling system, it's like, uh, whatever. It's like, it's, like a, it's, like a, it's like a person with one leg getting suspended because they won't participate in track and field in gym class like right why do you how can you you can't punish this person for something that they can't do you can't control it no and instead of like this uh, altercation could be used as a as an education piece it could be used as an opportunity for education instead of suspending both children that's like a that's like a you know that's like spanking without the lesson it's just spanking for spanking's sake. It doesn't make any sense. Well, it's also, it's also, uh, I mean, it could also to a point be pretty discriminatory towards the, the student with Tourette's. Like it's a, it's a disability as you know, defined by the Canadian government. Like you can't, you can't suspend somebody because they're disabled or because they're um, expressing a disability. That's crazy to me. Right. So there's it's, like, even if they're not Canadian, there's a human rights code and sure. disabilities fall under it. And for this parent, you can, like, I'm not saying go to the school and like make this huge scene and to say, Hey, here's the situation. 
a child has diagnosed Tourette's syndrome. There's a, this excerpt in the human rights code saying that they cannot be discriminated. Mm -hmm. This tick is a part of my child's Tourette's syndrome. Here's a, examples of thousands of other kids with the same tick. So what we need to do is we need, we need to, we need to change this. So my child cannot get suspended for this because that's not helpful. It's not benefiting anybody. Uh, we need to have a talk probably as a school, like the school administration staff and, and the parent and the teachers that say, Hey, this kid has a real condition. This is why he's doing it. Like, you know, you need to, they, they can't do that legally. It's not within the legal confines of, of, of regulations and school systems. So it's not allowed like that, you know, that's like, there's many of other, other examples of situations where, um, you know, I had an incident where there was an issue with hiring and it was kind of, uh, I was a little bit discriminated against because of my threat syndrome. And I simply just brought up that fact. I said like, Hey, there's actually a, a, something in place for people in this situation. And this is why, uh, you're not allowed to discriminate for that reason. And, and they were like, okay, you're right. And, um, I think if you bring this to a school, especially a high school, like high schools aren't exactly not progressive places. Uh, generally, they're a little more accepting. And so uh, at least in terms of like the staff and, and the, the policy side. So I think uh, the fact that they, they aren't accepting is a huge red flag. Uh, and you should probably- um, Maybe they don't know. And if they, if they don't know already, then, then that's a failure like to tell them because if, if you're- child is going is experiencing this many uh different uh, you know issues like with with anger or mood and depression and adhd and, and Tourette syndrome like those all those things should be communicated with the school before grade nine started and have a plan in place for how this child can be educated properly because he can't be just sitting in a normal class with normal like like everybody else without there being some sort of uh like without the teacher knowing, like you talked about, you know, sometimes you would have to get up and walk up the hallway or whatever. Like there's gotta be some accommodations made for this uh, child because just by the sounds of everything going on, like it's not working out by just putting him in the mix, whether he likes it or not. Like this is something that I think goes above his uh, like decision really. Like, cause if you're disrupting other students, getting in fights, you know, getting angry, like getting suspended. It's obviously, I'm not blaming him. The other kids are also like, they shouldn't be um, fighting him and bullying him and whatnot. But right. there, there seems to be, there seems to be uh, things that can be done that would prevent this. Hey man, that's a really and good point. Like it's not think now that, at the point like, where it's not up to him. No, and it can't be because he can't, and it's not his fault, but he can't control this stuff. And he obviously can't control the other kids' behavior. And like, so maybe uh, they, they have to look into some other way to help him out. Okay, so we don't have too much time left because uh, we're both, we're both got to get out of here soon. But let's go over like what the ideal scenario would be here um, in, in both cases, in both parts of the situation. So first would be the, the personal life side and the next will be kind of the school side. And obviously uh, this is going to be a, a completely hypothetical fantasy scenario, but I think like to, to give a, um, to give an example of how we think it should go, I think would, would not be a bad idea. So let, let's start with the personal side. So on the personal side of the house, uh, the kid doesn't want to 
doesn't want to acknowledge they have Tourette's and doesn't want anything to do with it. Uh, it's kind of just me against my parents and uh, my parents are forcing this thing down my throat and I don't want to deal with it. Uh, and having troubles with, with anxiety and depression and self-confidence. So what do you think is the first or one of the first steps that they can take to help rectify this, this issue? Uh, yeah, just start with uh, analyzing the all of the behaviors, like the you know ac activity levels, food, mm. uh, sleep patterns. So maybe write maybe down like and monitor it, regulate it. Yeah, what do we experiment? Start thinking yeah, about yeah, like, exactly okay. over over one week, over one week, just document, diarize it for a week. And yeah. see if there's any sort of patterns, and if not, just get one in place. Like start. Really good. That's a great. That's a that's great thing. Don't change anything yet. Just document it. Document when ticks are bad, when mood is bad, how much of this we're doing, what we're eating, how much we're sleeping, what time we're going to bed, what time we're waking up, and then you can start to mess with those variables, and specifically the physical fitness and, and nutrition variables. Like, I'm going to be the dead horse until we stop doing this podcast. But doing, being physically active will 100% improve your Tourette's a little bit, whether it's a little bit or a lot, I can't say, but it improves everything about anxiety, depression, OCD. It improves all of those things. Yeah. So you need to do it. Go for a walk, you know, make sure like as a family or like after you observe everything and, and then you can just mix in, like mix in a 15 minute walk every afternoon <laughs> together where you just go and talk about stuff and you won't even know that it's all about exercise and then kind of keep monitoring the ticks and see if comparatively like over the weeks they get they get better like but do it in a i would say in like an actual empirical like type of way like rate them every couple hours or something like or, yeah. or kick off like no put intended like make a uh you know every time they do one or you notice it just put a little tick on a sheet yeah. and then add them up at the end or something like that dude great and, great great idea man great idea you can add like so you, you can know. ask a subjective so you can question know. to the child you can also say like hey yeah. how how would you rate your trust today how would you and then if, if you get enough I mean, data yeah and three months, hopefully they're receptive to that yeah yeah I mean, yeah so assuming they're receptive to it you know some metrics you could get some personal metrics for the child like like them rating their own happiness. I mean, that's how happiness is rated by country. It's by asking individuals how happy they would rate themselves and, yeah. you know, how he would perceive his happiness. Yeah. And, it's just, and, the, the, he just, he, he or she, I guess, he seems to be uh, like anti Tourette's, though. So I don't know how, he yeah. would be, how, how well he would answer that question or how accurate it would be. So well, at least get be the conversation going. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. But but um, I think I like what you said about you know experimenting and being, um, you know, assigning metrics to things. And mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I think that's really it. Unfortunately, that's the answer. The answer, the ideal scenario is you you guys kind of take the wheel. As parents, you're going to have to lead uh, to lead your child into into what you want, but you can't 
or you can sometimes, but in this situation in specific, it's not really working to immediately empower them with their Tourette's. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to flank it a little bit. And, uh, you know, a doctor would be nice, like a, a psychologist or a counselor or something like would be important, I think. Seeing, seeing a, I don't know how I haven't mentioned that yet. Seeing a professional, a therapist, probably yeah. a psychotherapist, uh, a behavioral therapist, a cognitive behavioral therapist, like a clinical psychologist who has some sort of specialty related to these kind of conditions um, that your child enjoys talking to, or at least gets along with, that's going to be huge, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're going to know a lot more than we do about this. Um, mm -hmm. And then on the school side of the house, I think a more direct approach is going to be more beneficial given if it was just like, he doesn't want to, he gets a little bit picked on at school sometimes, but you know, he's not going to school. Um, right. So that, that's a problem. Well, he's and suspended right now, right? I think he's not going because of the threats. Yeah. So the school has to address those threats. Like that's crazy. I don't care what condition the kid has or what he said. You can't be threatened at school. It's supposed to be a safe no. place. In the school. So before that could happen, the school has to know what's up. Mm -hmm. They need to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's gotta be, I mean, it's gotta, there's gotta be a meeting with the principal or the vice principal or whatever. Like that's it. Here's a meeting and all the teachers and then send a memo to all the teachers that he has and, uh, and give them, a, give them a break, like, you know, yeah. cut them some slack and then telling them, don't say, Oh, you know, cause you, because of your Tourette's, we're going to do this and this and this, just say, Hey, like, you know, if you want, uh, if you feel like you need to get up and walk around in the hall, just go ahead. Like make it like, it's almost, uh, you know, like a, he can, he's like taking advantage of his threats or something, you know, like make it like, yeah. Oh, this is, this isn't so bad after all, like having this, yeah. you know, yeah. kind of just make it feel like he's benefiting and, yeah. and yeah. probably be like, not being, not being punished, not being punished or, or yeah. not being like, Oh, you know, we're going to give you like a, you know, some extra, an extra teacher, like, like an extra teacher coming in and sit at your desk with you or something like that isn't going to work because he's just going to get picked on more. Yeah. Yeah. Like just give him, just let him walk around. Let him give, give him, him and, and let him like ask him. You know, at this meeting, ask him what they think would help him. Yeah, what could what and, would help here? What would help you? And and if he says it's walking every three minutes in class, say okay. Well, you know, maybe, maybe not every three minutes, but every every ten or fifteen minutes, you can get up and go for a walk, and that's great. Uh, that would be a really good start. Trent. Good point. Um, I think. Um, going to say something about uh about the uh the meeting with the parents and the teacher or the teachers and the, and the principal like yeah so one of the things that happened was they had a meeting about what the meeting of the the meaning of the n-word like mm. you don't need to teach a 14 year old uh like in this situation who can't control the words like if, if he had a, a take that said fuck you uh you don't need to tell them what that means and why you shouldn't say it like that's not it doesn't matter because it, it's it, meaningless it the reason that he's saying it is not associated to the meaning of the word no like it's disassociated from the meaning like you can't and that's they don't understand they don't understand what tread syndrome is they should read up on it like they have to know 
or else they're not going to be able to address it properly. Sounds like this parent needs to really educate the school right now. Sounds like a failure on the school though. Like not even just say, okay, like this is something we've never seen before. Why don't you tell us about this before we suspend your kid and call him a racist (laughs) or whatever? Like, yeah, there's a lot of things. I mean, if he does have behavioral issues too, like it's to separate the Tourette's and the behavioral issues, like those are different things. And um, I don't know necessarily like, um that if he is misbehaving and it's not related to Tourette's like he shouldn't get really get a break on that either like he needs to be punished where punishment is appropriate too yeah but I think right now there's probably where we're leaning a little too heavy on to the side of punishment um and maybe that can come like once we have a hold of and once the school gets into a routine you know once he gets through a, a term or a semester of like his accommodations and the school knowing what's happening and other kids maybe knowing what's happening. Um, then we can dive into that a little bit more, but. And one, one thing too, like uh, for like these kids that are bullying and whatnot, like I feel like if they get sat down and just straight up told what it is and like, if they, I, I, I feel like they'd feel honestly, they feel some shame in, yeah picking on it and it might change their behavior just by telling them like the what it is yeah but 100%. like sit down with them one-on-one and like a yeah. principal and just be like you realize what what this is like yeah hey tim has tourette syndrome he can't control yeah. the words that he's saying mm-hmm. you know there's and, a, there's and a, then but and then it becomes a different issue where if they keep p- picking on him for it uh then that's like expulsion material because if someone if someone's picking on a kid because they're in a wheelchair like you're getting expelled i hope i hope that's not allowed like and once they know that he has this and they're told then it's like a whole different level of of responsibility on the kids at that point the ball's in their court and and they they are but right now it's kind of like Right now, it's kind of everywhere. It's like, we don't know what's going on. So I think the first step for sure in that turn is, is going to get it. You're going to have to get it sorted out on the administrative side, like on the, mm-hmm. on the school side. And then you can, you know, consider giving a talk, having the teachers talk to the kids. It's a long process. It, like I can, she, he's in grade nine. They're in grade nine now. Like it, it's not going to be resolved in a year. It's probably going to take a long, a longer time. Like they, it takes a long time to get this kind of stuff happening yeah. in systems. But they got to get as, started. You got to get it started for sure. It's not going to, it's out of the kids. Like what you said was perfect at this point. Like we're going to have to take it out of the kids uh, hands for now in terms of the school side, because it's, it's clearly out of control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, Part maybe two we'll get one. a, yeah, maybe we'll get a response back and, and we can dive into it a little further. Um, but uh, anything else? No, that's it for today. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks. Another great episode of the books. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you enjoyed the podcast, remember to share it. We have merchandise available in the form of t-shirts with lots planned for the future. You can head to Tourette.ca or Tourette.org to find your local chapter in the Canada or the United States. And you can email us at tiktokpodcast at gmail.com if you have any topics, comments, or questions for us to discuss. Thanks for listening.